Today's episode is brought to you by Pale Horse Media Co. Head on over to www.palehorsemedia.co for more of your favorite shows, books, and merch. I have two brand new releases for you over at Pale Horse Media Co. The first one, In His Name, My First Dive Into Fiction. It is just a fun, cool thriller if you're into that kind of sort of thing. And and we have the second expanded edition of the original, of the OG Safety Sucks, the bullshit and the safety profession they don't tell you about. I go through, I expand on some thoughts, add some bonus material, reflect on some of the chapters. So if either of those sound like things you should be interested in, again head over to www.palehorsemedia.co CO or find them on your Amazon marketplace. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for all of your support of the books of the podcast of the merch store of everything. It truly means the world to us. This, this, this show is brought to you by safety FM. The hop nerd podcast is brought to you by hop University. Head on over to hopuniversity.org. That's hopuniversity.org. We offer on-demand and in-person hop training, speaking engagements, one-on-one coaching for safety professionals, and consultation to organizations for all things safety better. Again, head over to hopuniversity.org. O-R-G. Today's episode is also brought to you by Safety Sucks, the bullshit in the safety profession they don't tell you about, aka my first book. You can pick up a copy over at safetysucks.net if you want a signed copy. It's also available on Amazon through Amazon Prime. You can get a Kindle version of that. You can also head over to Audible or iTunes and get an audiobook version. Again, today is brought to you by Safety Sucks. Head over to safetysucks.net or pick up a copy wherever you find books or audio books. Hello! Howdy! Hi, everybody. Sam Goodman, the Hop Nerd, bringing you another episode of the Hop Nerd Podcast, coming to you from the sunny and the beautiful downtown Phoenix, Arizona. I hope that you are doing absolutely superb, splendid, wherever you find yourself, whatever neck of the woods you are in, I hope things are going well for you. Before we get too much farther into this thing, please make sure you head over, you like, you subscribe, you follow, you show us some love on all of our social media stuff. It's pretty much all at the Hop Nerd. Other than Twitter, it's the Hop Nerd One. Uh, do me a favor, head over and check us out on Patreon. Today's podcast is brought to you by other Hop enthusiasts just like yourself. Head over to patreon.com slash the Hop Nerd. We have a lot of really cool stuff going on over there, a lot of really cool perks. Uh, even at the lowest Patreon level, Patreon, the lowest patron level, I guess is the right way to say that. You get early access to all of these podcasts. So the really cool thing about that is you get access to the entire queue, sometimes up to two and three and four weeks before everyone else. How cool is that? So please head over, check all that stuff out. This is an amazing day at the Hopner Studios because we have part two 
of my conversation with the amazing and the awesome and the super, super cool Colin Nottage. So I'm going to shut up. Uh, if you haven't listened to part one, I would encourage you to go back and listen. There's a lot of really cool stuff there. Uh, but this is part two, and there's just as much cool stuff. So here we go. Hanging out with Colin Nottage. Well, I think that's that's where I go. So as we kind of start talking about when people ask me, okay, what do we keep? What do we focus more on growing? What do we add? What do we do? Where do we take safety next? That's usually the first thing that I that my mind goes to this is that, okay, if whatever it is, whether we're talking about doing something new or we're talking about scrapping or keeping something that's in our organization, we need to start with that question is that, okay, does this put downward pressure on openness, honesty, trust, reporting? Is it bad for any of that stuff? Because if it is, it needs to go away. Yeah. No, no, mm-hmm. no matter what it is, right? It's mm-hmm. back to being able to learn. For me, it's, it's back to being able to, to learn and creating environments in which honesty is possible. So mm-hmm. anything that is bad for that environment, anything that doesn't allow me as an employee at any level in the organization to, to throw up the flag and say, this is BS, we don't need to do this, or mm-hmm. to report something or say, you know, I got my finger caught in that. <laughs> it's bad for us because um, you, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've probably investigated thousands upon thousands of workplace incidents, right, through the course mm-hmm. of your career. And how many of those have you found when you really think about it, go back and you've seen that at some point prior to this, people weren't comfortable talking about the problem or they, they had had similar or something that had happened there and they couldn't report it. They felt as if they couldn't report it. You, you find that quite often, or at least I do, it seems like, as you start to peel back the layers on some of these onions. It's, um, you know, it's, it's so interesting, you know, because I, again, I, you know, I can remember um, back in, back in 2007, I, um, I, was, I had one of, uh, one of my clients, right when my business first started up, one of my, one of my clients rang us up and he said, Colin, you know, I've had a few phone calls this, uh, that start this year and, um, and I'm not sure if the next phone call I have is going to be somebody actually that's been killed or taken to hospital. You know, we've had a we've had a couple of people leave leaving ambulances, but uh, you know, nobody's been seriously injured. And he goes, I don't know what the next phone call is going to be. And um, so, so what we did is, is we just went out and we just started talking to people, and uh, you know, we were just chatting about, um, you know, with with the people at the sharp end of the business, what were their issues, what were their problems, what was working, what wasn't working. And then we did exactly the same thing with the management team, okay? And we kept it we kept it a bit separate. We did exactly the same with the management team, and then we put the two we put the two findings together, and we found that there was just tons of similarity. Mm-hmm. You know, the stuff that the guys were struggling with was exactly the same as the stuff, the, the stuff that the management was struggling with. And so we said, well, look, let's let's work together to push this forward. And and I suppose what I didn't realise at the time was the actual fact that's that's what we're talking about now. We were just we were doing it back there. We didn't give we didn't put a badge on it. We didn't put a name on it. It was just it was just just talking and and I suppose you know that that's that is that for me is the real sort of fundamental it's just yeah. just getting out into the workplace and talking to people because because the people that, that are out there are just really you know really decent people you know you, it's very rare you find people that are, that are crap <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah exactly. very you rare. know it's it's you're exactly right. There's, there's this place where an organization and it really is industry. We have to move beyond this notion that safety is something that we do to the worker. Right. And that's, that's the way many organizations have approached it. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of the ways behavior-based safety has been applied has been very similar to that. Right. Is that we do mm-hmm. this to the worker. If we can just fix the worker, yeah. we apply enough rules, we apply enough controls directly to the worker, mm-hmm. then everything's fine. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And as, as you kind of, as you kind of alluded to earlier, that obviously just never works, right? It just leaves us frustrated and angry with people. And that's yep. the worst place that we can possibly be at. Right. Because it's mm-hmm. back to that kind of notion that, well, if I'm going to try to fix people and people are stupid, then I can't fix stupid. So then I'm just left frustrated and angry and there's nothing I can do about that. Mm-hmm. And that's where most leaders, it seems, find themselves at at some point in their careers, especially when we start talking about leaders in the, in the organization. Once you get them past that notion that, that you can go out and you can coach hard enough to fix people, <laughs> then it seems mm-hmm. like, or you can trend enough behaviors to where we can, we can predict something bad that's going to happen next. Once you get them past a little bit of that, it seems like the world starts to change a little bit for them. Once you start getting their mind wrapped around this notion that error is normal, once you get their mind wrapped around this notion that, yeah, blame feels really, really good. And a lot of times it's going to seem like the right thing to do because we can look at something and say, yeah, that's dumb. But in all actuality, it wasn't that dumb, right? If we were there doing the same thing, it would have happened to us, right? Um, and once you really get them past a lot of that stuff, it seems like that's when the organization starts to tip in a little bit of a different direction. But mm-hmm. I, I, I really, uh, again, I really appreciate your point in getting into, into the just culture element because I think so much of where we take safety next or where, where we evolve safety to um, starts in that reaction piece. You mm-hmm. got to get the reaction right first and foremost or you can't go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Right? If someone reports something to you and the organization goes unacceptable, mm-hmm. They're just not going to tell you anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, and I really, you know, I mean, I'm, I did, I did a, I did an episode a few, a few, a couple of months ago, and I just said, I just, it was just called, you know, let's ditch health and safety. Okay, let's mm-hmm. ditch health and safety. And 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 I suppose what I was really trying to say there was was, you know, we we keep on we compartmentalize everything, and you know, and 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 you know, the health and safety person you know and there's a quality person and there's an environmental person and there's a you know there's a business improvement person and there's a financial person and, and all this all this all this stuff is all compartmentalized right. yeah and then and then when we you know when we're looking at jobs when we do risk assessment you know why why would you why would you do a risk assessment that just looks at health and safety why, why would you do that what you know if you're going to do if you're going to if you're going to do if you're going to assess the risk that's going on in, in on a particular job or a particular activity Surely you want to you want to look at well how's this going to affect the the quality of what we're doing? How's it going to how's it going to have an impact on the environment? You know, are we going to make any money? You know, why don't we why don't we actually just ditch health and safety totally and all of these and, and just call it call it you know good this is a good way of doing this job <laughs> and, you know, and uh, or whatever we want to call it and and just start to and start to look at look at people who we want in these in these roles to. To, to to help businesses improve. Let's call them, you know, Im- improvement enablers or something like that. That, that, that are gonna that are just gonna come in and they're gonna talk. You know, because if, if you've got somebody coming to see you and, and and they're coming to see you to do a health and safety inspection, or they're coming to see you to help look at how can we make your job better, you're gonna be so much more responsive to the to the to the to the latter. So, so let's just move that way. You know, if this, if this is really where we want to get to, then let's move, let's move that way. But, um, you know, the problem is, is that, you know, it's, it's, it's been around a long time in health and safety, you know, and, and, you know, and, and so, and, and, what, and we always, you know, we always drop the health bit, you know what I mean? It always becomes safety. This I'm looking at your book, even your book, safety sucks. You know what I mean? It's, you know, I know that you're not just talking about safety. You're talking about so much more than that, but, but we, it just happens naturally. Well, you know, let's, 
let's let's really transform this space and start talking about learning and improvement and you know and then we go then we're going to be successful. Exactly. It's getting to that point of betterment, right? It's just creating a better place to work. I think that so often we lose sight on that in safety in particular, that Mm -hmm. we go out and I love your, your example about auditing. I think auditing is a great example because you can go out and you can go out to learn and try to make things better. Um, That's what I encourage folks when they go out to audit I mean, I, I get it. You know, we have certain compliance things that, you know, that we all have to live with no, no matter our locale. We, we have certain regulations that we all have to, our organizations have to live up to. And many of those are good, right? I'll say that mm-hmm. right now. I'm, I'm not an anti-regulation guy. I'm, I'm, I'm not an anti-rule person by any means, right? I, I was actually just having this conversation the other day with, uh, with uh, Rob Fisher from Fisher Improvement Technologies the other day. And we were talking about that, that there's this kind of kind of weird subculture that's kind of brewed up that's like rules suck. And Mm -hmm. I would just change that a little bit to say the bad using bad rules suck, right? (laughs) Rules that aren't valuable suck. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that that's where, where I'm kind of going with that is that um, valuable regulation that makes sense is probably exactly that is valuable, right? It's probably Mm -hmm. good for all of us rules that make sense. Right. Cause when, when I, when I go out and do these focus groups uh, with, with frontline employees um, in organizations, that's one of the first things I'll throw out just to kind of as a catalyst to conversation is just, okay, tell me what rules you want to get rid of. And I hope you get rid of them. We'll burn yep. it all down mm-hmm. and uh, we'll get rid of all the rules. And 99% of the time frontline employees go, no, mm-hmm. we just want the right rules. Yep. Mm-hmm. We just want the rules that make sense. Don't give me a rule that says, you know, I can't, I shouldn't cut my hand. That's stupid. Right. Sure. Don't, don't give me a rule that says I have to have a lid on my coffee cup. That's no. stupid. Right. Give me a rule that tells me how I'm not going to die doing something. And I'll probably read and follow that rule, at least to the best of my abilities, you know, and I think that that's a really valuable point, but kind of, kind of back to, to the auditing piece. So often organizations go out and they audit just to prepare for audit. Mm. So they mm-hmm. just go out and they make sure they're audit ready. And I've heard that term tossed around all the time. We yeah, want to yeah. make sure we're not safe. We want to make sure we're in an audit ready state so mm-hmm. that we don't have findings during mm-hmm. our next regulatory audit, during a, during an ISO audit, during whatever, yeah. right? We want yeah. to make sure that we're in an audit ready state. And what they end up doing is coming up with just wacky stuff, mm-hmm. right? That is of no value, that doesn't protect anyone, that's, you know, putting this on that to make it prettier to just, just weird stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. When really we should be shifting into this mindset overall within our profession of going out and trying to learn how work normally occurs and try to better support how work normally occurs. Cause that's where the magic stuff is at anyways. Right. Not how we think stuff is supposed to happen because I don't do that job. Right. I don't, I'm not the expert in how you do X, Y, Z there. I'm just not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But so often our profession seems to be forced into that space where they think we should be right. Mm -hmm. Or certain safety professionals think they they should be. And it's going out and learning from those folks that actually do. And I've just found that if you go out and you talk to people when you're doing these assessments or audits or whatever it is, or just wandering around the location, um, as simple as it is, I share this a ton though, is just to go out and ask people, what's the stupidest thing that they have to do every single day? What's the stupidest thing that we make you do every day? Mm -hmm. And they'll tell you, they will absolutely tell you, or what's the suckiest part of your job? And they'll tell you. And that's usually a really good jumping off point for creating something a little bit better rather than 
just like mm-hmm. the clipboard style of kind of safety management, you know, uh, you know, stuff. And the thing is, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, businesses, businesses that do auditing, you know, they, you know, you, you pay a, you know, you pay one of your safety professionals or uh, an external consultant a, a load of money to ask some really boring, mundane questions mm-hmm. that, that probably aren't going to push your business forward. So, so you know, if you do want to do some auditing, okay, then just get your questions right, and then and then anybody can do it. You know, because you've got the right questions. You don't need you don't need to, to be a, a specialist. You can, you know, but what a specialist should be doing is 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 they, you know, and I think this is one of the things again that the I think the industry has got wrong over the years is is it, it's you know our profession has been too technical. You know the you know it's been about giving people. You know you look at the, the Nibosch diploma, and I'm not I'm not dissing any particular qualification here. I'm just looking at the way that these things have been put together. It's very very much about about understanding this piece of legislation and that piece of law, and and what does this mean and what does that mean, and and and, and softer skills are so much more important. You know, being able to communicate, being able to to talk to people in a, in a way that's engaging and listen to people is so is so important. And you know, and a lot of you know a lot of you know, we, we talk about you know we talk about getting getting people out into the workplace and getting management out into the workplace. And I always I always say to them, I say, you know, what I want you to think about, you know, because I've spoken a little bit earlier on about reflection. I said, you know, I want you to reflect a little bit as as you're walking away from that individual that you've had a chat with. How are they feeling about you? Mm-hmm. And if and if they feel that that you have um you have, have actually have been of value, then and do it again and do it again. And there's, there's probably nothing more important than you can do in your career and your job than to go out and do that. However, if as you're walking away, they think you're a twat, then then maybe spend a little bit more time in the office you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and don't go out. Talk in the mirror <laughs> just a little bit. To... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I think you're exactly right. And I, I'm, I'm the same. Like I, I've been, uh, I've been picking on, kind of some of the professional organizations here in the U S for some of the same reasons is Mm. I think that we, and even the way that just in general, the way that we prepare safety professionals, I don't think that we do. Mm -hmm. I I think that we prepare them to your point. I don't think that's bad. Um, I I don't think that's bad information to have. I think understanding regulations is is an important part of what we do. I'm not saying it's not, I think you should understand those. I think that you should have some of that technical ability or some of that technical knowledge. That's good to know some of that stuff, but we forget that uh, number one, the safety professionals are not jacks of all trades, right? If you want, there's folks out there that that's their specialty. They deal with regulations Mm -hmm. and there's some that are, are, are great at it. Right. There are folks out there that deal with the industrial hygiene side of things, and that's what they do, and they're great at it. Mm-hmm. Right. But, and you can, you can list all these different kind of more technical aspects, but all of those folks still need to have the ability to communicate. And all of those mm-hmm. folks still need to have those kind of soft skills that we were just talking about. And really, they're essential skills, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to communicate and to be able to go out and, and, and not make people angry with just your presence <laughs> from mm-hmm. walking into that. So I, I think we do up and coming safety professionals a disservice because most of us, uh, if not all of us that find ourselves in this profession, unless we've pursued a more non traditional route to find ourselves here, um, you, you're not given any of those skills. You just kind of have to figure them out on your own, mm-hmm. right? You just kind of have to find your own way to that water, right? You just kind of mm-hmm. have to find your own way there. 
because most, and I, I won't say all, but a good chunk of even uh, uh, university level EHS programs, health and safety programs, they're just technical degrees, mm. right? There's not a lot of getting deep into even these newer views of safety. Um, I was having a conversation with a person that shall rename nameless, shall remain nameless. There we go. And they were talking about a, a college that's kind of a little closer to me here that, that that's still what they teach. Like they still teach Heinrich's causation theory and they still talk about the pyramid being like it. And, you know, and I won't, I won't open up that can of worms and everybody's gonna get mad at me because I pick on the pyramid, but it's, it's really like, I mean, you're going, okay, you should maybe think beyond a little bit. There's a lot of stuff happening. And I guess what I'm saying is it seems like a lot of the way that we educate safety professionals is still very dated and it needs yeah. to be brought into kind of a more modern, modern mm -hmm. space because even um, the professional development opportunities um, that we have here, a lot of the conferences that we have here stateside, uh, it's still that. That's why I refuse to go to them because they're, they're bleh. Right. Mm -hmm. You go to them and it's and you're going to sit down and you're going to talk about regulation for three days. And then you're going to have someone sit there and talk about communication that is clearly a terrible communicator. Right. <laughs> and they're, they're using like some really stock, you know, here's how you do really great safety training. And it's mm -hmm. awful. And you're like, uh, no. <laughs> so I think that there's something to be said there. Uh, in and around how we better prepare safety professionals. And I won't, I won't give too much of a shameless plug to the book, but that's some of the conversation that I wanted to start just in general within our industry. Mm. Um, yeah. Folks don't have to go out and get, get my book to understand that, that, that there's a problem there that we need to address as to how we prepare safety professionals, how we give them the right skills instead of just giving them technical knowledge and ability. Mm -hmm. How do we get them to think? Yeah. about safety. How do they think about safety? How do they think about problems? How do they think about employees? How do we kind of shape that just a little bit? I think that's an Maybe, important thing to, to have a conversation about. I, th I think it's really fundamental there. And, you know, and I'm, you know, just as you were talking there, I was just thinking about, um, you know, you look at the, the, the hierarchy of control, you know, we've, we've all, you know, eliminate, reduce, isolate, mm -hmm. you know, control, PPE or whatever yeah. it is. And, and we're taught, you know, as you, as you, as you move down that, uh, as you move down that, 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 that list, so you're becoming more reliant on people, you know. As you know, as you're getting into safe systems of work and you're getting into into PPE, you're becoming more reliant on people. And I think there's just a, there's a, just a massive disconnect there because because in actual fact, if you really really look at the the jobs that are going ahead, when you're looking right at the top, when you're looking at eliminate and you're looking at reduce, by saying that you know that that that, that isn't reliant on people, you're missing an absolutely fantastic opportunity to involve the people. To actually determine, well, how are we going to eliminate it, or how are we going to reduce it? And it's almost like you know, you know, un, you know, in in a, a subversive way, almost. You, you, you know, you're, we're teaching our safety professionals that eliminate, reduce, and isolate doesn't involve people, and then safe systems of work and PPE does. Yeah. So they don't involve the people in the top bit, but that's exactly where they should be involving the people, and it, and it, it almost should be, you know, that you know that eliminate. It should be eliminate by talking to the people who are doing the job, reduce by talking to the people that are doing the job, isolate by talking to the people that are doing the job. And if it said that, you know, if it said something as simple as that, then maybe people would actually start to, to doing things like risk assessment, they would actually start to say, right, Christ, if we want to, if we want to achieve these things at the top of the year, we've got to start talking to people. Yeah. You know, I, I love, I love that because, uh, 
number one, you use a hierarchy of control. And I think that it's important to remember some of the basics, right? Talking about a lot of stuff that does work that we need to mm-hmm. remember. Mm-hmm. The hierarchy of control is not a bad thing, right? No. <laughs> but I think it's important too, to look at that and go, okay, when we start here, when you're really painting that picture out, the farther you get down on that hierarchy of control, it's, it's doing safety to a worker, yep. Yep. right? It's, it's back yep. to what are we going to put on you? What yep. are we going to make you fill out? What yep. are we going to do to you? Right? You so it, <laughs> right. And so, and I think many times we forget, um, even safety professionals forget that our mission should be to stay higher in that hierarchy of controls. Now you can couple a lot of that stuff together, which is probably fine. Mm-hmm. And Danny works, works great. Right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Eliminating the hazard and still having someone in some form of basic PPE might be a good example of that based on the situation, mm-hmm. right? Again, it's, it's all situational to what you're dealing with, but there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot to be said there. And I'd actually even seen, um, I'd actually seen an organization more recently that kind of going back to making things better when instead of going through and really looking at their corrective actions in detail, they started taking a lot of their corrections to post event stuff and then taking and putting it in a, a chart showing where it fell on the hierarchy of controls mm-hmm. to see how well they were doing about not yeah. just doing safety to the worker. They yeah, were going yeah, back yeah. to going, okay, we're engineering stuff out. That's good. The majority yeah. of our, it shocked them at first, I think, because the vast mm-hmm. majority of stuff that they did fell down into the PPE category and mm-hmm. fell down into the administrative control kind of category. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of shifted. But I, you, you brought up a really interesting point though, about involving the workers. And I think that's, that's the vital piece that if you want to learn how to do X, Y, Z, you need to talk to the person that does X, Y, Z. There's a, there's a famous meme that goes around with like the health and safety person, the hard hat and the clipboard and says, I don't know what you're doing, but my book says it's wrong. Right. (laughs) That's kind of the way, that's kind of the way that it's approached sometimes. Right. Mm -hmm. And you just, it's, it's back to learning from normal work. Mm-hmm. That's that's where the really really important learning is at. It's it's in and around the normal work because most organizations do safe and stable work ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah, we spend a lot of time focused on that kind of one little blip on mm-hmm. our charts that goes wrong because usually mm-hmm. most organizations are, are pretty hyper safe at this point, right? And so that one blip is usually not not good. It's really bad usually, right? Mm-hmm. And we spend a lot of time focused on that one operational upset. We lose sight of the fact that. Most people in our organizations do safe and stable work and they get it right 99% of the time. Things are fine. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to learn, that's where all the stuff's at. Just, just from a data standpoint, mm-hmm. look at the amount of data that we miss by just focusing on the stuff that goes wrong. So mm-hmm. I think it's that. It's getting back into normal work and it's involving the worker, as you were mentioning. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter how you do that, you know, um, I'm a big proponent of learning teams. I'm a big proponent of yep. listening sessions. I'm a big proponent of, of, of all those different tools. There's tons of different tools that you can use, but it's, it's doing exactly what you just said. It's involving the employee, hopefully in a way that's not too formal because then it gets kind of dry and boring, but mm-hmm. involving employees in a way in which they can put their hand on the wheel and mm-hmm. actually help you steer the ship into where it needs mm-hmm. to go. Because I can I can I think back. We're talking about some of those cringe moments. I think back to some of my early days of some of the procedures and stuff that I've written. I'm going, oh, I had no clue, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I was causing more harm than I was doing good. And I think mm-hmm. many organizations do, right? Still, unless you involve the people that understand how the work actually happens, mm-hmm. because because procedures are important. 
rules are important, mm -hmm. but the only way that you make them useful is if you involve the people that actually have to use them. You know, we, um, you know, we recently, I think one of the, one of the benefits that we've had from, um, um, from this, this lockdown COVID and all that kind of stuff is, um, is we've been doing a little bit more work remotely. Um, and we've been, we've been working with our clients for much shorter periods of time. So, you know, so, so, you know, I, you know, only last week I, I had an hour and a half with a client and, and one of his, one of his guys from the shop in the business. And we just sat and we just talked through a few jobs that they had coming up and, and, you know, and, and okay, I wasn't, I wasn't there. I wasn't actually at the site with them, but to be totally honest with you, I didn't actually need to be because, because what I was bringing is I was bringing the questions you know, and, and we were trying to get the answers from them. And and so if I've been standing in front of them, yeah, it probably would have been a little bit, uh, it would have been a, a, a bit, a bit better, but it, but it didn't matter. And what we were able to do is we were able to just, just spend an hour in real detail talking about this job, how it was going to happen and put something together that the guy was really, really comfortable with at the end of the day. Cause, cause you know, a lot of the, a lot of the people that they aren't comfortable doing a writing and a typing, we can do that. You know what I mean? But what mm -hmm. they, what we one ended up with is we ended up, we ended up with something that actually meant something to him because he'd been involved in it together. And what and what happened as well is 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 that you know after that hour hour and a bit, then I, I I left the meeting and they were able to get on and do their jobs. And so what what I hadn't done is I hadn't become a huge impact on their day. You know, if I go there, if I go there for a day, I'm there for the day or whatever it may be. And, and you know, and, and you end up you know you end up looking at almost at too much stuff. And so you know we said, well, let's just keep it focused. Let's just keep it sharp. Let's keep it on this particular job, how are we going to do this job? I was asking some good questions. They were coming up with some great answers. And I just felt it was a real, real success. They felt yeah. it was a real success. And so I wanted to, I just want to do more of that. And, you know, and if you think about, you know, as a, as a health and safety professional, whatever you want to call yourself, you know, if the, if the most valuable thing that you can do is to, is to go out and talk to people and, and just get them to, just get them to think about how they're doing their job and, and, and make suggestions on how it can be done better. Surely that's got to be more fun than than doing a, than doing a, an audit yeah. or yeah. you know whatever it is that else that you do or writing a you know writing a document or whatever you know going out and talking to you know and maybe your company your company will pay you to go out and talk to people if they're a forward thinking company. Whoa! That's not bad. That's not bad, is it? What I say? Well, and that's what I was going to say. Is that is is it's kind of it's kind of back to what we we're talking about just a second ago. You know, if you just go out and chat with people, and again, as as dumb as it sounds, just ask people what's the stupidest thing we we make you do to work here, and you just start there and you start that conversation. Or another challenge that I throw out to people is go out for the first half an hour, hour a day if you can, and just try to talk to people about everything other than work. Right. Oh, Actually right. go out and, and try to have that conversation with people and learn about them. Right. Mm -hmm. Learn about them. Learn about their family. Learn about their kids and then see how much easier it is to talk about work stuff the next day. It's amazing. Right. You, you think about some of these just really basic things that most of the time we just we just don't do. I, th I think that it's it's important to be um, as you're talking about with your meeting, you're you're really put into a position of being a facilitator more yep. than a consultant, really. Mm. You're in this position of going, okay, we've got the knowledge in this room. Yeah. I'm not it. I'm, I've yeah. got some input and I've got some really yeah. good questions for you. And I might have a piece of this puzzle, but mm -hmm. these folks are actually doing this job. And this person over here, they've got 
1400 years of experience. They're old as dirt, they're old as crud, right? And this person over here, you know, they're pretty new to this and have fresh eyes, but they've been doing it for a little bit too. And I've got all the tools right here. I've, I've got all the stuff that I need right here. And I just have to get these folks talking and thinking in the right direction. And if I can just get them putting this stuff out there and planning and talking and they come to the right conclusions and they hold all the answers. So I think yeah. it's a really, it's a really important uh, concept to understand that many times as a safety professional, instead of showing up to the meeting and thinking that we hold all the answers, the answers aren't nearly as interesting as the questions anyways, yeah. show up to your point with the right questions Yep. Act as the facilitator and let mm -hmm. those folks come up with the answers and you'll be surprised with oh, yeah. the quality outcome that you have. Oh, without a doubt. You know, you're, you know, what you said there about um about going out into the into the workplace and not asking, not talking about work, you know, that is that was the big takeaway that I got had from our, our first meeting, you know, when you you said that to me and I, and it was just brilliant, you know. And so I, I've had a chat with a few of my clients about it and uh, and and they've done it and you know they have loved it. You know, they've awesome. loved They've loved going out, you know. It was quite funny actually because I was I was on one site and one of the uh, one of the lads in the in the in the workplace. He, he said, he said, uh, what have you uh, what have you done to Michael then? And Michael's the boss. And I said, uh, I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, but he came out. He didn't shout at me. He wanted to know what my kid was up to. And I didn't really know. I didn't really know how to ask, answer. It. I didn't really know what to say to him. And I said, well, I said, uh, you know. It just it's just something you got to keep working at you know what i mean and this is the thing you know and michael's got to get comfortable you know he's got to get comfortable with doing it and you know and, and people you know you know if, if, if it feels if it feels forced then it's going to come over as forced, yeah. you know and you know and you've got to you know you, you you know it's like anything if you want to get really good at anything then you've got to practice and yeah. you know but but what you find is that people you know you know i don't i don't know many people who actually are are really boring. I think I think most people have got something interesting to say, and so it's just it's just breaking that breaking those barriers down a little bit, isn't it? And just yeah. you know, and just being being a, a little bit more vulnerable as a as a as a as an individual, you know, and, and being um you know just being being comfortable to to just you know to just be honest, you know. Exactly. I love that. Well, so you've, you've officially made my day by bringing it up and saying that you guys have been using that load. That's awesome. I love it. And so and that you're exactly right. You know, the best ones, and I, I don't mean to pick on them, but like we, we could all close our eyes. And if you're driving, please don't. But we, <laughs> I'm a safety person. I've talked about driving at least once during this. But you can all close, we can all close our eyes and imagine like that one leader, that one executive that we know would have a really hard time with that challenge. And it's fun, though. It's kind of fun to watch them try at first. But to your point, it's, it's the practice. You you know, it's the, it's the practice, you know, they go out and then they start doing it and they start, it becomes a little bit more natural. And it, to, to kind of what you said, it is, it, it, you can't force it. It has to be genuine. Yeah. Even, even if you're stuttering and messing it up, people can feel if it's genuine or not, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. If you genuinely go out and care about that person, mm -hmm. right? Beyond what they're doing at work, beyond what they're doing for the organization, just care about them as a person and care about their well-being as a person. Mm -hmm. I, again, it's, it's even touching into some of that health space that we're talking about. We're getting a little bit into even the mental well-being and understanding of our employees. Obviously, mm -hmm. that stuff has a massive impact on what happens at work every single day, mm -hmm. right? We're, we're, we're foolish if we think that it doesn't. It obviously does, right? And when you know that someone's struggling with something at home or you've built an environment in which you can have that conversation or they feel comfortable bringing that to you, you can mm -hmm. even begin to task work a little bit better and go, you know, mm -hmm they've got a lot going on and I might not want to uh, put them in this particular task at this moment. 
their, their head's not clear at the moment. You know, I'm going to have them do something, even just something as simple as that. Right. It still mm-hmm. becomes very positive for the organization too. Right. Mm-hmm. Because most leaders uh, or at least higher level leaders, certain personality types at least will go, ah, oh, BS. I'm not going to go out and do this warm and fuzzy crap, you know, mm-hmm. until they do. And then they start That's to right. see how much easier their life becomes because people are comfortable talking to them. He's right. comfortable sharing with them and mm-hmm. they're not seen as the person that's going to come out and shout at people. You know, they're seen as the person that's going to come out and have a real conversation with somebody, which is, well, I think what most of us want is just real conversation. Real conversation. And when you, you know, and then when you can then, you know, you can then turn that, that, that environment to one where you do talk about the things that are important to the, to the, to the people in the business, then all you're going to do is just, all you're going to do is just get the benefits from it. You know, you're just gonna you're just gonna get a business that is that is that is more efficient, that is exactly. that is that is more profitable, that is safer, that makes better quality. It's, it, the bit the, the benefits just go right across the board. And you know, when we when we're looking at this, you know, it's just about improving the way that you communicate with people. You're going to get all those bids, benefits. Yeah. Then why on earth wouldn't you do it? And, wh- and why would you go down this route of 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 being dictatorial and being being you know? pointing the finger and blaming when things, why, why would you do that when, the, when there are such obvious benefits for looking at things a little bit differently? You know, and that's a, and that's the thing that I suppose it's about, it's about opening, opening that world up to, to the, to the people that are out there because, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, you know, 12, 12 months ago, I didn't see things like I see them now. And, you know, and I'm, you know, and as I said to you before, you know, I'm 53 now and you know, and 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 if if I suppose you know if I can you know change in a relatively short period of time, then then it's it's got to be a lot easier for a lot of other people to do this, yeah. and especially these people that are coming in, you know, that are coming in into the profession now, yeah. you know, and we've got I think you know we've got a, we've actually got a duty, you know, this is how I look at it is I've got a duty to to new people that are coming into our profession to to help them become better health and safety professionals. Right from right from day one, absolutely. You know, I, th- I think that is you're 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 speaking my language because that's a that's a point that um, for those that aren't aware, again, it's it's not it's really not a shameless plug, I promise. But that's that's the majority about what what I wrote about in kind of safety sucks is that right? I think that we do have a duty, and this was a little bit of my kind of my kind of um, help with that is trying to put that information out there because I think that we do have a duty to those safety professionals because we've learned lots of lessons. And number one, we owe it to them. Number two, we don't want to lose those lessons, right? Because they're, they're doomed to fall into the same error traps, the same history that we've all experienced so Mm -hmm. far. And Mm -hmm. if we can help prevent them from having to learn things the hard way, Mm -hmm. And share with them all that knowledge. They're at a much, they they have a much better advantage. They're at a much better jumping off point to take mm-hmm. this stuff to areas that we couldn't, we can't even imagine yet. That's right. This is it, right? You because know. we can, we can help the next generations of safety professionals, and they can help the next generations of safety professionals to avoid all the pitfalls that we've already found. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But if we don't start doing a better job of educating safety professionals to those pitfalls, if we don't start doing a better job of, I'm, I'm big on mentorship of trying to mentor up and coming safety professionals on trying to come up with professional development. That's not just regulatory, this and regulatory that, you know, which is okay. There's a place for that. But if we don't do that, they're doomed to fall into the same traps that we did They're 
you know, they're, they're doomed to repeat that history. We're doomed 30 years from now, 40 years from now to see a, a, this, this rallying of zero once again, and these big zero oh. banners. And <laughs> you know? so I, I, I love it. You're, 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 you're speaking of uh, stuff that is near and dear to my heart because I think it's, it's something that our profession has done a terrible job at so mm-hmm. far. And I, th- I think that's the first step we had to, you know, the first step to fixing the problem is admitting that we have a problem, right? Mm-hmm. And our profession has a problem with that, yeah. right? We have to do a better job of preparing our safety professionals, our upcoming safety professionals and sharing with them the knowledge that we've already gained. Exactly. And, you know, and it's, you know, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's about, you know, it's about making people want to come into the profession because, mm-hmm. They actually see it as something exciting and, you know, and, you know, if, if you just think about it, you know, you know, there, there shouldn't be, there shouldn't be any part of a business that somebody from a health and safety perspective can't go and look at, you know, what any part of the business. So, so you've got somebody that's coming in who, who should have a free reign to go and to go and talk to the people in sales and to go and talk to the, the people in the call center and to go and talk to the people who are, who are, who are producing the, the material or transporting the material. You can talk to everybody, everywhere, and and what your role is is to help those people do a better job. Whoa, what a fa- what a fantastic what a fantastic career! And but how is it sold? It's not sold that way, no. is it? It ain't sold that way because because people don't you know the people who are, who are recruiting the people that are that are putting the, the job specs out there. I'm thinking that way at the moment. And so, you know, and so, you know, we, we've, we've got a, we've got a responsibility to start changing their thinking. Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. Yeah. Even, even some of the better organizations out there are still struggling with that piece because um, many are right. Many are starting to change the way that health and safety functions in their organization in a very positive way. I mean, in a very positive mm-hmm. way. Many are moving beyond this, kind of safety cop mentality, right? The mm-hmm. safety, the safety officer, right? Mm-hmm. That's going to walk around and, and find wrongdoers, find those that sin against their most sacred procedures, right? Many organizations are starting to move beyond that and start to, to go down the path. Exactly what we're saying, right? Mm-hmm. Someone that goes out and helps make things better, just, just yeah. better, no, no, no matter what it is, just better. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's, that's where many organizations are going. There's still some that are very backwards that just, are still um, audit, beat, repeat, right? Yep. And that's that's what they want safety folks to do in some organizations. Um, most of us that have been around this profession for more than a few minutes can spot those job postings very quickly, mm-hmm. right? But again, our new folks that are just brand new into this, they're not very familiar with the, the signs, the telltale signs of an audit, beat, and repeat kind of culture in a company. So mm-hmm. they don't really know, right? Or they haven't been taught that that might not be the right way. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. They haven't been shown that it, they shouldn't that the safety shouldn't be practiced as a safety fix it culture in organizations, mm-hmm. right? They haven't they haven't had that experience or earned those those calluses, the stuff that we had learned the hard way. We haven't shared that with them. Going, listen, you don't mm-hmm. want anything to do with that, <laughs> right? They they, <laughs> they, they they haven't learned that yet. But I think to your point is it has to go much farther because even the organizations that are doing safety right. Right. Their their job postings are awful. Their yeah. way that they recruit is not great. Right. <laughs> and they're, just, they're basically they basically put out this very generic kind of, you know, this is what a safety professional should be blurb, you know, and 
many of us look at it and go, I'm not, uh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think it's, it's a whole revamp and it's back to talking to people that actually do the work. Mm-hmm. If you want organizations, any organizations out there listening, if you want to know a better way to hire safety professionals, you probably have some already. You should talk mm-hmm. to them. They'll tell yeah. you what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Right. Most safety professionals, again, talk to the people that, you, that, that, that do the work, right? Yeah. No matter what it is. Yeah. If you want to know how to attract and retain safety professionals, ask mm-hmm. safety professionals. I'm not yeah. picking on our HR brothers and sisters, but they're not the right people to ask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> our, our human remains professionals. They're not the right people to ask. <laughs> yeah. Uh, brilliant. Uh, cool. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this because we've been rocking and rolling for a while now. I just, I just looked at the time. So, um, let me ask you this. So number one, um, make sure tell people how they can find you, how they can get a hold of you, how they can, how they can get into touch, all that kind of stuff. And Mm -hmm. then this, our, our infamous final question here, which is any last words, anything out there. I don't know how that came to be. It just, I said that one time and I didn't realize what I'd said. I'm like, any last words? <laughs> it, so it just kind of stuck. It's just kind of stuck. But anything out there that you would like to share with the audience, anything on your heart, uh, any words of wisdom, any pro tips, just anything that you think would be valuable. Okay. Okay. So, um, yeah, my, um, my company's, my company's called uh, Influential Management. Uh, we're at uh, influentialmg.com. Um, I can also be found on uh, on LinkedIn. Just search uh, Colin uh, Colin Dottish. I'm assuming you'll find us. You'll find us that way. And we're on mm-hmm. on Facebook as well. Um, the podcast is, uh, is is found on all of the uh, um, all of the platforms. So uh, you know, just search for the Interesting Health and Safety Podcast. And uh, you know, I'd love it if people could uh, could have a have a listen and uh, subscribe and rate and do whatever. You know, uh, then that. Uh, you know that'd be really cool. So that's how, that's how to find find out. That's how to find them. The last words. Um, I think I think for me, um, I'd just like to say I'd just like to say when when things haven't worked out quite as you thought they had, um, then then just look look at what you can do to help the people that are suffering. Mm-hmm. And 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 if you do if you do nothing else. Than, than get those people into a better place, then to be fair, you can look at all the other stuff later. Yeah. But uh, but just get you know just keep the people that are suffering, get them uh, you know get them get them looked after. I like it. I like it. Well, and so that's that's influentialmg.com. You said influentialmg.com. Yeah, mg. Yeah, so so nothing, nothing to do with mg motors, right? Nothing to do with MG Motors. No, it's just influential management group. <laughs> you know, you know, I got to throw it out there. I got to throw it out. <laughs> that'd be quite. That'd be quite. Uh, quite nice in your in over in your country at the moment. You know, what I mean, right. running around the MG around the. Uh, that'd be nice. Around, yeah. Well, uh, Phoenix is entirely t- entirely too hot for that right now. Like I guess yeah. you would you would uh, so that you would look like uh, I guess more like tanned leather probably yeah. <laughs> right now in, in Phoenix because it is about 115. It's just hot. It's oh. hot. But so thank you. So, and I'll I'll link all that stuff. Uh, I'll link I'll link uh, all that stuff in the show notes, and then uh, okay. anywhere anywhere we share this, folks will be able to see that as well. So, uh, number one, I just want to say thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. I love getting to talk with you. Uh, it's it's so. awesome. I'm I'm already sitting here like plotting your return in the back of my head. So. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking we need a a British invasion. I think we need you and James together on a podcast. Would be 
Yeah, well, we, you know, you mentioned you mentioned the other day about us coming out on the tour, so we're uh, we we got to get that going. We're going to come mm-hmm. and uh, we'll come and uh, we'll come and drink tea. We'll come and drink tea together. So we we need to. I don't I don't know what I don't know when your best season is over there, but we need to make them kind of opposite of one another, so yeah, we can yeah, hit yeah. Phoenix when it's cool, and we can come over there when it's when it's nice uh, and not rainy. Maybe. <laughs> I think I, I think we got. We, it sounds like we've got a world tour going here, so um, it's going to happen. You know, that's, uh, that's it's going to happen, happen, buddy. So let's, uh, let's absolutely going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you once again for coming hey. on, my friend. And I greatly Sam. appreciate it. Hey, look, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. World Tour 2021. What do you think? I think it would be cool. Dare I say that I would be pumped for that. I don't think I would be stoked as the kids say i think that would be a lot of fun how cool right let me know let me know your thoughts what do you think we might uh i'm only half joking we might actually try to make something happen who knows you never know you never know what do you think about the episode i'd love to hear your thoughts shoot me an email send me a dm all that kind of sort of stuff make sure you leave us a review you like you subscribe you do all that kind of stuff make sure you head over and check out all of what colin has going on i have to say i loved i loved this conversation Number one, Colin is a nice and fun guy. That's like rule number one with a good podcast, right? You got to be fun to talk to. That's the first step, right? And then, and then you get all of this awesome knowledge and wisdom and all this other stuff that Colin brings to the table. It's just a blast. So uh, I just want to extend my thanks once again to Colin for coming on and make sure you go over and check out all of what he's got going on. That's all I've got, everybody. Sam Goodman, The Hop Nerd, signing off. Bye, everybody. Bye. Once again, for tuning in and for all that you do to support us here at the Hop Nerd Podcast. Podcasts like this one are brought to you by your fellow hop enthusiasts. So if you would like to support the podcast and get some really cool little perks and stuff in return, head over and check us out on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash the hop nerd. It's also linked down below. I think it's down below somewhere, somewhere here. It's linked somewhere here in the show notes. Uh, we have several different tiers of support, even at the lowest level of support, which I believe is $6 a month. You get access to our entire podcast queue before anyone else. How cool is that? What that means is right now, instead of being done with this podcast, you would have about, I don't know, six seven more episodes that you could continue to binge on at any given time. So you usually have access to at least, at least two or three weeks of podcasts that are unreleased. And then the tiers go up from there. Our most exclusive tier is known as the mug club, where you get an exclusive hop nerd coffee mug, and you are invited to a monthly, monthly virtual hangout session with me and your fellow mug club members in which we can chat about anything that you want to talk about. We sit around, drink coffee, and hang out for an hour. How cool is that? And there's some other stuff in between as well. So I just wanted to take a moment to share that with you. Uh, And again, thank you for your support. It is always, always appreciated.